I mean, we both disagreed. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen and members. Welcome to the Athelstan District Council Planning Committee meeting, 25th of August. Um, some housekeeping notes before we start, please. Um, we don't expect a fire drill, so if the alarm bells ring, please make your way through the double doors, assemble on the grass circle in front, and then await instruction from our fire marshals. Uh, all mobile communication devices should be switched to silent, please. This meeting is being recorded, so members, please make sure your microphone is on before you speak and speak into it rather than away from it. Thank you. Is the agenda still as published, Mr Brown? Yes, it, yes, it is. Thank you. Um, apologies for absence, Maggie. Oh, we have apologies from Councillors Fairhurst and Lachlan. Thank you. Any declarations of interest, members? Well, fine, then we'll move on to the minutes from the previous meeting. Um, is it your intention, uh, your uh, accord that I sign those as a true record for the meeting? So proposed. Councillor Lodge. Sorry, I have one, one issue on them. Uh, sorry, are you going to go through the individual? We could go through well, matters arising, yes. Well, no, no, just on, on the minutes themselves, it was my understanding we had a recorded vote for the Ongar Road South, one which I think is. We not did, clear. and that's noted on there. I believe it's not shown. If you, if I can find it. Do, 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 do. On page 12. 
13. Page 19. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's recorded on there, Councillor Lodge. It is there. Sorry, I missed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's Apologies. Okay. Fine. So it's a true record, and I'll still sign those later. Right, matters arising. Um, we start on page 5 on your iPad, members, so we'll go through each page by number. Page 5, page 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20, and 21. Thank you. Right, the first item on our agenda this afternoon, item 4.1. Uh, application 15 stroke 1086, an outline application at Takeley, and Mrs. Karen Denmark will take us through that presentation. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. This is a site known as Site 500 on the end of Cooper's End Road in Takeley, located within the airport. It's adjacent to Endeavour House, which is located here, and they've got Bassenbourne roundabout here, Femhall. Femhall. Um, road there and Bassingbourne Road coming round here. Currently it is um, a vacant site. It has um, a hedging um, for the most part along here and then there's a bank, um, a bund all the way round on um, the sides here. The proposal is an outline application with all matters reserved for the erection of a multi-deck car park um, the proposal indicates um, 682 car parking bays per floor to be provided over six floors and the building could be approximately 16 metres above ground level. Um, like I say, it is an um, outline application with all matters reserved, so any information that is given is purely indicative, particularly as there could potentially be issues regarding... Um, the uh, potential for um, conflict with radar um, potentially on this site and on the adjacent site which we'll be discussing later. Um, the indicative details show that the building would be um, sort of like um, rounded shape on the end with a feature um, right on the um, join with the roundabout and as an indicative um, idea for the elevations we have um, something like this with a living wall to help it blend in more with the green um, or potentially with a media wall on here as well for advertising or such like. Um, there are no objections from statutory consultees as such. Um, where there are issues, they can be covered by conditions. And um, so, subject to a Section 106 agreement requiring the operator to com um, contribute to the passenger transport levy, um, the recommendation is that the application be approved. Thank you, Mrs. Denmark. We have uh, one speaker on this application and that is Councillor Jackie Cheatham from Takeley Parish Council. 
You've got three minutes, Councillor Cheatham. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to speak at this meeting. Uh, Takeley Parish Council object to this planning application for the following reasons. Parking. Extra parking is both unnecessary and an unwelcome development for the local area. The evidence given by the applicant for the need for extra parking appears slight. Approval already exists for 42,700 spaces within the airport perimeter, a figure which goes back to the 25 million planning application and was not increased when approval was given for the 35 million planning application. There are more, more parking spaces at Stansted than there are at Heathrow, which has three times more passengers than Stansted. So there is enough car parking capacity for the current and future needs of the airport. Stansted has a good record of public transport links to the airport and it will be disastrous to see this disappear if too much cheap car parking is offered instead. We do not think the application will help stop Kiss and Fly or the fly car parking which occurs both in Takeley and the surrounding villages. Although this would be competition, for the MAG-owned car parks, we don't think the council can, pursue, can presume that the price that will be, will be much cheaper than the price at Stansted already. The applicant says that the uh, policy T3 is an unfair policy and prevents competition, but this was dismissed by Planning Inspector Reeve M11 Business Park. Your officer highlights this in her report. Although there is no restriction on two car parking operators working on the, on the same airport, the need has to be proved and in our view there is enough planning permission for spaces already and competition is not a planning issue. The design. The terminal building is one of the most iconic designs in the UK at an airport and has won many awards but the, this applicant's car parking builder would be a major blot on the landscape. It is eight times larger than Endeavour House, sited on one of the high points of the airport, is 16 metres high with a live wall that the applicants seem to feel would blend in with the landscape. Live walls are great if they are maintained and looked after, but I could take this committee to examples on new build in London that look terrible because the live wall has not been looked after. Even if you're minded to approve the application and have a condition on the wall, that the wall must be maintained, may I remind the committee it is very hard to enforce landscape conditions. We hope this committee will refuse this application because the need for the extra parking has not been proven. In fact, we think that it will only add to the kiss and fly and more fly parking around the airport and the design to the building we feel will be detriment to the airport. But if you are minded to approve this application, could you please ask to have a slab level, we ask that you put a slab level condition on so that the build uh, will not be too high because this is, as I say, the high point of the airport. Sorry, my clock was wrong at home when I did my three minutes. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Cheatham. Uh, some questions there arose 
the slab level um, is part of the details which would come forward in, the in any reserve matters application should this application be approved. So it's not necessary to have that condition. Thank you. Members, any questions of the officers? Councillor Lodge. Um, to, to, my, to my great shame, I don't know exactly what is meant by kiss and fly. It's where you get a friend or family or someone to drop you off at the airport. So kiss and fly essentially creates twice as many um, traffic movements as if you were to go to the airport, you would drive in your car, park your car, and then leave. So that creates two trips. A kiss and fly, your friend or relative will take you to the airport and leave and then come to the airport and collect, your, collect again. So that's four trips. So essentially they generate twice as many travel movements. Councillor Freeman. Thank you, Chairman. Um, first of all, a question for the officer. Um, the statement was made that no objections were received from statutory consultees. What is the parish council if it's not a statutory consultee? Maybe it isn't one. Please advise me. They are a consultee, but not a statutory consultee, as in um, the technical details of the planning application. May I, Chairman? Yes. Um, can you show us the elevations, the computer-generated elevation with the, the media wall? Yes, indeed. I, I never thought I'd actually say this, but I do actually agree with Councillor Cheatham on this. Mrs. Cheatham, um, the Stansted Airport won awards, many awards, for being the airport in the country. And part of that comes from much of it being sunken. Many of its car parks are invisible when you drive around the airport. Uh, and you don't necessarily know there's an airport there, apart from the fact that aircraft seem to be sinking into the ground and reappearing out of it. Whereas that thing would be very obvious. It, it really is very hard. I mean, they put a bit of camouflage on the left. Um, but I think it's really very hard to make it attractive. Uh, it's four or five storeys, five storeys high? Six. Six. This is purely indicative. It's an outline application, so this is not necessarily what we would get. Um, this is purely to give you an indication of what could be approved on there. It's not the full details of the planning application. But the fact that the applicant put this computer-generated image forward is indicative to me and should be to all of us, that that's what they're expecting to get, or something like it, or maybe something bigger than that. I don't know. Certainly not something smaller. So the bulk of it, Chairman, I would say, would have an impact on that environment. And if the place already has lots of car parking and is not short of it, uh, and has good uh, public communications, it's got its own railway station, one of the few airports in the UK that has, uh, I would say that there's a questionable case for building this very obvious multi-storey car park slap bang in the middle of the airport. Uh, Councillor Chambers. Mr. <coughs> Mr Chairman, in danger of um, upsetting my uh, former district councillor, Mrs Cheatham, uh, which I hope I don't very often do, I have to say to you that uh, I know the airport well, and looking at that building there and thinking about Stansted Airport, perhaps not because I wanted it there, because I didn't, but it is there. It is of a modern design, which has been said, Mr Cheatham said, won lots of awards and what have you. 
I'm sorry, but I think if that's what it's going to look like, I think it looks very nice on what I call to be a very modern airport. And I can't see any objection to it going ahead. I'm, from my point of view, I um, think that that uh, image in isolation doesn't reflect the fact that by the time you see this, you are virtually in the airport. So if you viewed it from in another direction, you would see it with a backdrop of similar height buildings. Um, there is obviously control on height of buildings, and that will come out in the detailed design. Um, so I'm, I'm not over-stressed about the appearance at all. Um, I would ask the question... Uh, Councillor Cheetham mentioned that we've got more car parking spaces than Heathrow, and I can't believe that because there are Heathrow long-stay car parks um, for many a mile away from the airport. Um, I regret I do not have um, facts and figures for Heathrow Airport, and I can't answer that one directly, but what I do believe is that Heathrow Airport also has a very extensive problem of off-site car parking, and it is Uttlesford's um, policy to, that uh, parking associated with the airport will be kept within the airport boundaries and, um, and we historically do pursue those who are trying to operate unauthorised um, car parking businesses outside of the airport um, so I don't know the facts and figures for Heathrow but whatever it has officially on the site I suspect it has many more off site as well Okay, any other comments or questions, members? Well, we have an officer's recommendation for approval with conditions. Does that find a proposer? Proposed councillor Chambers, a seconder? I'll second it from the chair. So, if there are no further questions, we'll go straight to the vote. So, all those in favour of approval with the conditions as listed, please show. And those against? Thank you. Thank you. That, that matter is then approved. Thank you. We're now moving on to item two, which is application 15 stroke 1085, another outline application at Takeley. And again, Mrs. Denmark will take us through. Thank you. Thank you. Um, right, this is the site next door to the one we've just been considering, and it is the site of Endeavour House. Um, the proposal, again, is an outline application with all matters reserved, and this time it's for the um, erection of an office building with an ancillary single-deck car park. As it is outlined, um, the applicant has purely shown an indicative building, which would be a repeat of Endeavour House, located within the existing car park, and then a, a decked area here. Um, Endeavour House currently doesn't use all of its car parking. In fact, all of this area here, all of the area covered by the blue, and all of this area down here is actually used by a meet and greet um, car parking firm. Um, this shows, again, um, just from an aerial view, what the proposals are. Um, the indicative drawing shown for this application 
is essentially the elevation drawings for Endeavour House. However, in this instance, um, Nats en route, um, no, do have uh, an objection to this proposal in that it could potentially affect the operation of Sandstead radar. Um, there have been discussions between the applicant and uh, Nats, and they have put on, uh, requested that we have a condition um, to ensure that the safe operation of the airport is um, achieved by ensuring that the design of the building on this site is agreed with Nats, um, and it would actually be in the applicant's benefit to actually discuss this with uh, Nats before submitting any reserve matters should this application be approved. So their request is for an office building. They are aware that the location within the site might need to change. They are aware that it may be no more than one or two storeys high. Um, but uh, the application is for an office building. An office building has previously been approved on site 500, which is the one we've just been considering for the car park. Um, so this is essentially moving an existing consent from one site to another, although this may have to be reduced in scale um, given the, lo the location of this particular site. So apart from that um, objection, which can be covered by condition, there are um, no objections to this proposal and it's recommended that the application be approved. Thank you, Mrs Denmark. Uh, we have no speakers on this uh, application, members, so it's straight over to you. Any questions of Mrs Denmark? Right, we have a recommendation for approval subject to conditions. Does that find the proposer? Councillor Hicks proposing? Chairman. Thank you. Any seconder? I'll second from the chair. Thank you. So we'll go straight to the vote. With all those in favour of approval with conditions, please show. Thank you. That matter is approved. Our next application is item 4.3, application 15 stroke 1732. It's an application for full planning consent at Great Canfield. And in the absence of Mr Mills, Mrs Denmark again is going to step into the breach and take us through this one. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. This is a full application. Um, so all matters are being considered in this particular instance and it relates to a site known as Canfield Nursery in Bullets Lane, Great Canfield. The proposal is for the erection of seven dwellings and um, it also includes the creation of a new access point. Uh, members visited the site this morning and we looked at the area of the proposed new access. There will be some um, landscaping on the uh, eastern side and um, this is to provide a separation from the mineral workings which are located further to the east. Um, as a general, um, sorry, this is the house types. That's house type A. And there's some isometric views as well. Ooh. So all of the houses follow generally this design principle. And um, the 
recommendation, there's no um, objection to the proposals, and the recommendation is that the application be approved, subject to a section 106 agreement um, requiring the applicant to pay a financial contribution towards affordable housing um, as set out in the schedule. Thank you, Mrs. Denmark. Now we have three speakers uh, for this application, and the first of those is the local member, local district council member, Councillor Artis. And you have five minutes, Councillor Artis. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chairman. Good afternoon. Um, as has been said, Great Canfield is now in my ward of uh, Broadoak and the uh, Hallingbury's. Uh, this site, uh, I'm aware, has a, a short history of previous applications and other potential uses. Um, the other potential uses were not felt uh, compatible with the village or the parish council wishes um, and previous applications of development have indeed been refused by UDC uh, on this site. However, um, this further development proposal was instigated and, and I became involved. The site itself, as you witnessed this morning, did seem eminently appropriate for a, a, a sensitive and scaled uh, development. Um, access to the site needed some enhancement and uh, a negotiated settlement of £50,000 contribution from the developer for an easement to give access over parish council land has been, um, has been agreed. And indeed the parish council will receive uh, a certain amount of land uh, to create some community space, which is uh, an excellent move. Uh, the legal agreement has been signed guaranteeing this payment. Uh, it is conditional upon uh, granting planning permission uh, and that money will be used to support a village hall and other uh, parish projects. And I appreciate that's not part of the section 106, but nevertheless it is a, a side agreement. Uh, the parish council and the community were very keen for de this development to be limited and sensitive. Uh, it was agreed with the developer that seven houses was appropriate and the position of the houses uh, have been agreed. Parish Council meetings uh, were held at which the public were, uh, questioned the developer and the Parish Council and indeed myself and it was agreed uh, by all that the way forward is as you see here uh, today. The development has the full support of the Parish Council and the community and I urge you to grant permission. I do how however have an issue with just one element of the recommendation as published. Um, of course the development needs to be viable uh, and nobody wanted it to be upscaled. Uh, I don't think it correct or right that planning permission, uh, any planning permission granted uh, could be overturned by the planning director on the basis that the suggested contribution is not agreed. A planning application is determined upon its planning merits and not whether the contribution is made. Um, I think it's the case here that it has to be a sensible discussion on the contribution so, that only, so the only effective way to move this forward is to grant the permission and agree an appropriate contribution based on viability but to remove the ability of the planning director to overturn the planning approval because so much hinges upon, it, hinges upon it. Everybody wants to see a sensible outcome to this project. It's good for Great Canfield, it's good for the parish council, and it's a sensible addition to the housing stock of mix in the community. It should be granted permission and a sensible outcome on any contribution be discussed and brought back to this committee for a decision only should it be necessary. Um, I thank you for listening. As you know, I'm all in favour of getting large developments to pay for infrastructure or affordable units, but I'm also in favour of promoting sens sensible and sympathetic developments in the countryside, and I believe this is one, and I urge you to, um, uh, to, to grant permission, but also to, to try and regularise that, uh, that recommendation that actually uh, a sensible and viable contribution be agreed and that the, 
uh, ability of the Director of Planning to uh, negate any permission granted uh, be removed. Thank you very much. Thank you, Councillor Artis. Our next speaker is from the Parish Council, Mr. Robert, or Councillor, I your pardon, Councillor Mackley. I'll be short and sweet. And you have three minutes, though. Thank you. Thank you. The Parish Council voted unanimously to support this application with a strong view that it was a one off decision specific to this site only. A site with a previous and now redundant built business use. The Parish Council wishes to see this site, which has been derelict for some years and contains dilapidated former glasshouses and other buildings used appropriately, and has worked with the developer to achieve a compromised solution which is acceptable to both the Parish Council and the local residents. The Parish Council has agreed to provide additional access to the site across a strip of land under its ownership in return for appropriate fee and specific conditions to eliminate any additional development to the site. The Parish Council requests that the Section 106 payment condition be withdrawn, if possible, as the site is now potentially not viable. All the hard work put in by the Parish Council and the agent, and I, can I stress a hell of a lot of hard work and many, many meetings with the residents, will become totally worthless. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Mackley. And our final speaker is the agent or the applicant, uh, Mr. Mike McGar. According to our rules, Mr. McGar, I could give you eight minutes, but um, I'll only need three. Thank you very much. Good afternoon, Chairman, ladies and gentlemen of the committee. Thanks very much for giving me the time. My name, as I've said, is Mike McGarn, the agent for Ms Jobson, the owner of the site uh, we're discussing, which is uh, Canfield Nurseries. As you'll have heard, the application is for seven new dwellings to be constructed on the site of the redundant nurseries at Canfield. The support from all the quarters has been quite superb. The parish, Uttersford um, District Council, the locals have all added weight to the application over the design, the proportions, the layout. We've had over 70 letters of support and not a single letter of objection on this application. More importantly, the owner has been insistent that the locals should have their say as to what is and what is not constructed. In doing this, the application has been delayed considerably, but happily with the Parish Council's suggestion of moving one of the dwellings away from the affected neighbour. In fact, the drawing that's up there at the moment is not correct, I will say. Uh, there is a revised plan, but Plot 7 is actually moved away from the neighbouring property. So there is a revised plan submitted and accepted. But there you are. Yeah. Um, so, it was, let me just get back to it, sorry. Um, as you'll be aware, the entailed drawing, we had to resubmit the application, you know, on the way through. The normal circumstances would not be a major issue, but as already has been covered by um, both Robert and Mr. Artis, or Councillor Artis, um, a High Court judge made sweeping changes to developer contributions. That's by and by. It's something that we can't really deal with, but I hope that the Council will. The application has been dealt with all the way through with the highest regard for the Parish Council, the local neighbours, in an attempt to bring the development that will benefit the entire village and the locality. The development pro proposal is designed well with space, open areas, established trees all being retained. The owner again, Ms Jobson, is giving, gifting to the Parish Council a substantial area of land within the site as a wildlife area that will be available to all the local people with pond, meadow, all to retain wildlife and create a place of tranquillity. And this has a substantial value on its own, you know, just as a piece of land. 
There's also been a deed of sale agreed with the local parish council, all signed, all in place. A substantial sum of £50,000 will be paid to the parish council for access over the owned land, and this sum will go towards many schemes for the benefit of Great Canfield Parish Council. I hope you agree the development is a rare proposal to have so few houses proposed of different sizes, scale and making the best of a site that will be a stunning addition to the area in comparison to the hundreds of thousands of hundreds of there isn't there's 90,000 square foot of disused and forlorn glass houses and associated buildings. The application is a huge planning gain with designs that have been created from local vernacular and a high quality layout. I urge you and hope that you will support the application and recommend for approval. Thank you, Mr. Bigar. Um, before we proceed, could we take up that question of the incorrect drawing being shown with the correct site plan, the amended site plan? Because I thought the one we saw this morning had the road going. Yeah, through. the one you saw on site this morning is actually the correct plan. Um, so I'll hold it up. But yeah. plot seven has essentially moved from here, and plots four and seven are there. Um, so it, it's moved from here and it's brought around there. So the one you were seeing on site this morning was the correct plan. And the road is continuous from the new entrance round to the old entrance. Yeah, so the new, the new entrance is down. Yeah, and yeah. that road links past the it houses goes and up comes back and out. In, yeah. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Well, members, any questions of the offices? Um, I'd like, yes, Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, it's very unusual to get agreement between the parish council and the developer, and I think this is to be highly commended. The only thing that concerns me about this is the Section 106 monies. We did discuss this briefly on site. It's £250,000. Uh, for affordable housing. Now, there's not going to be any affordable housing on this site and the developer is not going to give any land because not on this site anyway. So I was told that that £250,000 will go into a general pot for use somewhere in Uttlesford, which is fair enough. But you can't build a house for £125,000. It assumes that you already own the land. And so I submit, Chairman, that the Section 106 agreement should include the cost of purchasing land someplace else. Uh, we have a great need for affordable housing in whatever form it takes. And these houses here, Chairman, some of them would be selling for about a million pounds. They are seriously valuable houses in a seriously nice site. And so, although there's lots of sweeteners that are embedded in this proposal, I think that the issue of affordable housing has not been adequately addressed. I, th I think the situation is not quite as, as simple as you may have outlined there, so I'm going to ask Mr Brown to um, give us chapter and verse on, on that, if you don't mind. Yes, Chairman, the way that um, affordable housing ha happens in the normal street, if you like, don't is know. that land is actually usually provided. So usually when you've got a, a 106 site uh, where there's affordable housing provided, the land is gifted and the builder builds the houses. And quite often that's where the problem is in terms of grants, in terms of the building of the houses. And, so, and on other sites, for instance, we may own land that we're building and, and those issues. So it is the land purchase, often the, house, the affordable housing is usually built on land that's gifted. So the land is not necessarily the issue, it's the build costs. And where the 250 comes from, um, it's the cost of building two units, which are 125 each. So it's pure building costs. So the land doesn't come into it, to be honest. 
Is that clearer for you, Councillor Rumini? Thank you. Um, I'll ask Mr Perry, if I may, please. Are you happy with that? That's concise. Thank you very much. Um, my, yes, Councillor Chambers. Mr Chairman, I would just like to uh, propose approval as set out. Thank you, Mr Councillor Chambers. Does that find a seconder? Oh, Councillor Lodge will second that. Thank you. Um, do either of you wish to speak on the matter prior to? Um, I would just like to discuss the um, Section 106 uh, contribution for affordable housing in terms of value and the um, request that we've had for it to be withdrawn. My view is that um, if there is a viability issue on this um, application, it would come back through the officers with a viability check through the appropriate channels and they would make the decision then as to whether that £250,000 is reduced um, and into what level it would be reduced. And therefore the uh, Assistant Director for Planning would have the power to uh, confirm the approval were it to be given. Um, if we remove it and we take away that power, um, we have lost control over our decision and that cannot be tolerated. We give the Assistant Director of Planning delegated powers so that we are not overburdened with every application that comes through. And obviously then he does have the, our permission as a council to deal with matters in isolation. But on the basis that he would bring it back to the committee if he thought there was a reason so to do. Um, so I'm happy that we should leave the uh, conditions exactly as uh, noted with the, education, with the um, financial contribution for affordable housing within it. Um, I did make a comment on site this morning about the formation of the new entrance and whether or not there was an existing tree plan so that we could be entirely clear as to what trees are going to be removed to, in order to facilitate the new entrance because I would hate for um, a, a row to break out later on when we, someone accuses someone of taking down the tree they shouldn't have done. Uh, Mrs Denmark. Yes, I have checked through the file. There is no tree um, report submitted with the application that I can find. So we don't have anything that currently identifies what trees are to be removed. Um, my recommendation is that perhaps we amend the um, landscaping condition, which is condition three, um, to include details of the trees to be removed um, and so that it's very clear which trees are coming out. And that is prior to commencement of the development. So that, that would be entirely in order in my point of view. Did you? Yeah, can I just have one more yes. thing about On the 106 issue, I don't want to speak across you, but because it says secure a financial contribution to 250,000, if through a viability discussion it ends up becoming less than 250,000, I don't think... I think what I could... Could I just suggest we secure a financial contribution towards affordable housing? because it will aim for 250,000, but if the viability means that is reduced and there is, a, there is now an open process in terms of... Unless Mr Perry wants to... Chairman, the resolution of the committee has to be certain. The situation would be if the developer produces evidence to um, planners that the contribution is not viable, it's for uh, Mr Taylor to bring it back before the committee for the committee to make a decision. Excuse me, uh, are you saying that, say, for example, the developer can only afford 200,000, would still come back to committee it for us to agree on it? It would come back to the committee. It would not be an officer's decision to take a lesser sum. 
Okay, well, why, alternatively, to save a lot of time backwards and forwards, why don't we change the wording of this up to uh, 250,000 euros at the discretion of the Assistant Director of Planning? I mean, no, the resolution has to be certain, Chairman, with regard to the amount. We've got a resolution which we're being proposed of 250,000. Um, if that is achievable, then that's what the figure should be. If it is not achievable, and that would be based upon evidence produced by the developer, then that would come back before the committee for the committee to make a decision to accept a lower sum or not. Because the, um, the planning commission is uh, being recommended on the basis that this contribution is necessary to justify the development. I can understand, that, I can understand the, the, how, it, how that sort of uh, economics of it, but I'm just trying to think of a way of a procedural change or some wording change that saves us having to come back to us because we can, I'm sure we can trust the assistant director planning to negotiate or work through a viability study with the developer. Am I, am I missing something? General, what, what council was is missing is the necessary for certainty in the recommendation is you're going to give a complete delegated authority but for some of that size it would not really be appropriate. I don't think Mr. Um, Mr. Tay would appreciate um, being told to go away and negotiate without a clear steer. And 250,000 is what our policy, I believe, requires in terms of a contribution. There need to be good reasons to make an exception to that policy. And exceptions to policy are reserved for members rather than officers. I stand corrected on that. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Mills. Um, I'd just like to say that uh, if the viability is in question, then I think that maybe the work should have been done before it comes before us. And the second thing is there's so much land here that if it necess necessitated another plot, that would be a lot better of ensuring that we get the contribution we want and that therefore the 250,000 should stay in place. Uh, uh, Mr Brown is going to deal with that question. Councilman. I'm just going to defend the, the applicant on that particular one. Uh, when the application, because as, as Councillor Artis alluded to when he spit the issue about the need for the affordable housing has come and gone. But although in this particular case, the, the, um, it is based upon the floor space of the area, but this application has been negotiated from a refusal to an approval. So I think, to be honest with you, the, the agent wasn't sure that he was going to be getting a recommendation for approval in principle. That's why the viability work wasn't done beforehand. It's only at this stage viability has come out. And so I think that usually it will be done beforehand, but I think this particular case is a little bit exceptional. I'm just aware that bringing the viability forward at this stage just undermines where we are. We should really be given a permission set on something that we know is viable. Um, I understand what you're saying, but I think we'd all agree that we thought it was a very good scheme, and it's so unusual to see it sort of coordinated in this manner. So we'd all like to see it go through, but I don't really want to see that contribution go down for a lack of forethought at this stage so I'd rather it would come back to us with it rearranged so that we're sure it's viable and we're sure that we get the contribution we want. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Freeman, yes. Yes, thank you Chairman for letting me come back. Um, on page 50 of the report, section 7.2, it says the Parish Council requests that a condition be used to remove permitted development rights from the seven dwellings also requests the use of legal agreement to prevent the further development of the land proposed as a grazing meadow and as, wildlife, as a wildlife refuge. I don't find that in the conditions at the end of this. I might have missed it. But can I suggest, Chairman, that that firmly is included? It stops further development on that site at a later date unless we choose to lift that restriction. I think it's a good condition to apply and it's what the Parish Council have asked for. Chairman, 
any application for development on the land designated Beer Meadow would require planning permission from this council, and that application will be judged upon its merits and not governed by a 106 agreement. In any event, five years after Section 106 has been signed, it's possible to apply to vary it, and that variation will be dealt with by way of appeal. And if the inspector was minded to grant permission, the Section 106 agreement wouldn't prevent development taking place. Is it a Section 106 agreement, Chairman? Is that the appropriate section for removing permitted development rights? I think there's two issues. The first of all, the removal of the permitted development rights, which is, is, is a separate issue, but there's issues in terms of removing the rights to apply for planning permission on a piece of land. That's taken away some of the statutory rights to apply. So that would be a section 106, and that's what Mr. Perry's just said there. But in terms of the taking away the permitted development rights, I mean, officers, it's, it's within your gift to do that, but within officers, we didn't think, bear in mind the size of the dwellings in the plots that they're actually in, it wasn't necessary to remove the permitted development rights, basically to allow these houses to be made bigger under normal PD rights. So that's the only reason we would do it. That's if you usually only take permitted development rights away from a dwelling if it's very tight on the plot, which these certainly aren't. So. Uh, sorry, Chairman, I live in a house which has its permitted development rights removed, so I, I know quite a lot about this. Uh, and I think the reason for asking it and requesting it of this committee is to stop further development on that site. Um, I think that's a reasonable wish, but obviously defer to the wishes of the committee on this matter. Any further comments? No? No. Right, I think we've got two, <coughs> two issues here then to, to settle before we go to a vote. On the removal of permitted development rights, uh, I think we stay with with them being intact. There are there are big sites, there are generous sites. There is um, uh, many reasons why people would want to exercise their their right to uh, permitted development. Um, and the as we've already heard, it would require a planning permission to build on the meadowland. So I think we can uh, safely uh, deal with that one. On, this, on the affordable housing contribution, um, uh, I'm taking Mr. Perry's uh, advice that the um, proposal, the, the conditions need to be uh, tight and absolute, and we have them there. I think the fact that uh, negotiations would go on in any event in whatever application we approve in terms of trying to prove viability or lack of it um, by a developer um, would happen and, and we would get to hear of it in the event that we need to, to vary it. So I'm, as I said before, I'm happy to see the, um, the section 106 remain unchanged. Um, and the condition variation for the trees, uh, who is here? You, Mr. Councillor Chambers, you approved it. Uh, you proposed it rather. Um, are you happy with that alteration? Thank you. Did I second it? I forgot it was a long time ago. Thank you. I'm happy with it. Right. So um, at this stage, with no further questions, I'm going to go to the vote. We've got a revised condition three, and it's recommended for approval. All those in favour, please show. Thank you. And that is approved then. Thank you. Our next application is item 4.4, application 15 stroke 0564, 
details following outline application at Takeley and Mr Nigel Brown will take us through the details. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Um, this application is probably easier than it looks. Um, this is the existing Bovis development that's coming out of the ground on uh, Dunmo Road in Takeley. Uh, planning permission was granted uh, for residential development on the site, with all the reserve matters being approved apart from landscaping. Now, normally, landscaping is well, landscaping is very, very important, but usually it's very integral to the development, usually because of the existing planting that's already on, on the site. That's probably not the case here, because the majority of the existing planting was on, just to give you the bearings, this is the existing site here, with the countryside development on this side. Now, the majority of the, all of that boundary that you, that's on that side is existing countryside boundary. We have an issue on the other side of the countryside boundary, but on this particular boundary between the countryside site and the Bovis site, there's existing planting, which countryside have boosted up. There is nothing on the boundary on the Bovis side. Similarly, on this side of the site, where you've got the extended open space here, Again, that is an open site with no, with no planting on there either. Um, along the front, you have a number of trees that are actually, I understand, within the ownership of the Parish Council. But again, there's very few planting along the front. And to the rear of the site, adjacent to Flitchway, you've got existing planting there. So usually, it's imperative to have landscaping critically part of when you're dealing with the application for all the housing. But in this case, because we're talking about just additional planting, uh, and the way in which the site was designed, it was quite possible to do the, to do the development. So the, the development has carried on, and members have been seeing that coming out of the ground. I think when members did the, uh, the members' tour until this side saw it coming out of the ground, it is with the blessing of the planning authority. So they're not carrying on in breaching planning control. It's considered a decision was made that they could continue without um, prejudices in the future. Uh, they've submitted the uh, scheme for the landscaping. Now, originally we had an objection, and you will see from the, from the, from the report on point pages 65 across to 66, we originally had an objection from the Council's Tree and Landscape Officer regarding the mix um, of the development and the fact that the, the lack of native planting. Um, the revised scheme has completely and utterly taken into account everything the Landscape Officer submitted, and that is the scheme in what's front, in front of you now. So there's a, an appropriate mix of, of, of development as well as um, in, in terms of where they're going to be planted. And to complicate matters in this particular location, we also need to consult the, the airport to ensure that we don't have um, very bearing fruit uh, in order to, to ensure that to reduce the amount of birds in the land, to reduce bird strike on the airport. So every time we have a landscaping scheme, we have to go through a doubled element of, of consultation. Uh, and that picks up very much what the parish had been saying. The parish wanted some more very bearing, bearing, bearing landscape, landscaping, which goes completely against what the airport would actually, would actually need. So that is why we haven't managed to achieve it on this particular site. The landscaping is fully compliant with what the landscaper officer considered, and the application is recommended for approval, Chairman. Thank you, Mr. Brown. We have one speaker, and that's from Takeley Parish Council. That's Councillor Cheatham. Thank you, Chairman. Um, Takeley Parish Council are sorry that we're not allowed to have fruit trees on this site, as we feel this would have added ambience to the site, but would like to ask if we could have some flowering cherry added, as these are native trees and are attractive in the spring, and they do not harbour birds because they don't have fruit. 
We would also like to see some holly trees, as you have suggested, um, as you won't allow holly in the hedge. Um, we would also, uh, going on from not the trees, but also like to see litter and dog bins provided by the developer, as we have had to add these at a great cost to the parish on Priors Green and feel the developer should be putting them in from the start. We feel it is very important to have a condition to replace trees or shrubs if they die within the first five years, and that I see you have put on. We would also recommend that the trees should be fenced off or protected from the deer and the rabbits until they are established. And I can add, because I've got a bit more time to say that in the forest, which is literally across the road at the bottom of this, we have to build, um, well, I'm on the management committee, and we have to build special trellises all around to stop the deer eating the young trees. And if they can't eat them in the forest, they're just going to pop across the road and eat these. So could we make sure that there is proper, that there is special fencing made to protect trees? So I hope that you will ask the developer to do that. Thank you very much. And can I say I'm delighted you've passed the one for Great Canfield. I was 12 years there, district councillor, and we have tried to get something on this site for all that time I was the district councillor. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Cheatham. Uh, okay, members, it's over to you. Any questions at all? Councillor Freeman. Thank you, Chairman. If you go to page 69 of the report, item 10.10, .10, it reads that members will note the Health and Safety Executive advised against approval due to the proximity of the gas main under the public open space. Um, now, this is an interesting thing. First of all, can I ask... Do we know exactly where that gas main is on that plan, please? Can you indicate it? Where we're talking, the housing development is this end, and the, the, it goes across the open space. That's the, the pipe, that's the pipe of gas main there. So it doesn't apply to the... the plan that we're looking at at all? The concern was that it goes across the open space, which it always has gone across the open space, and that was committed as part of the committed outline permissions, and not across the housing development. Any further questions? Councillor Chambers? Thank you, Chairman. Chairman, could I just take up um, Councillor Mrs Cheatham's point? Perhaps it will uh, help a little bit in the, in the decision I'm sure she didn't agree with me about. Um, when you're looking at the, uh, the trees in here, if you had prunusavium, which is the cherry tree, it doesn't have fruit, it flowers, and it doesn't get too tall. If you look at field maple, they can be quite large trees. They start off very small. But I think if you could have some prunusavium, it's only a minor detail, but if you could have that, you'd have a little bit more colour on it. And as far as the tree protection goes, I'm sure nobody in their right mind would plant trees didn't have protection around them because otherwise lots of uh, vermin would, would actually damage the trees. But I think it says in here that if the trees die within the first two years, they will be replaced. Um, I think it would be much better if you had a longer period of time because it does take the trees some time to grow, particularly if they're going to be whips. It is actually five years on the condition. Is it? Oh, I missed that. <laughs> yeah. I do apologise on that. 
At least I've got it right on that. But I, but I would ask you if, if some of some prunus avium could be included because I think it would give a little bit of colour and it wouldn't mean to say that they would have any more birds there. Prunus avium or, avium or, or other. I would bow to your um, better knowledge on that, uh, Councillor Chambers. However, um, just picking up a bit about the protection... I notice that the condition refers to landscape works carried out in accordance with the guidance contained in the British standards. So I would assume that there is something there that we can uh, rest assured that the protection would be there in the infested areas. Yeah, to, quote, to quote Councillor Chambers back, yeah, no, no developer would be in their right mind would be doing development without protecting them. So you're right, and I think that's all come part of the British standards, so there will be adequate protection. The cherries aren't proposed within the landscaping, but I can certainly take that back to the developer because I can't see there being any problems regarding that. If I were the developer, I'd be giving each householder as they move in a free prunus avium stick in their back garden. But, but it would be just a little more colour there, and, and uh, it would, I'm sure it would enhance the... Uh, yeah, I, I, I do agree with that, yeah. Um, where did we go with that? Sorry, Mr Brown, where did we go? Well, I don't think it's the difference between approving it and refusing it. No. Um, so I think it's just something I, all I can do is take that back to the developer. Yeah, fine. Okay, any further questions? Okay, we've got a recommendation for approval with conditions, which we haven't varied. Um, so does... Thank you, Councillor Chambers. Does that find a seconder? Oh, hands up. We have Councillor Riles for that one. Thank you very much. Uh, so all those in favour, please show. Thank you. That matter is approved. Um, if the audience could bear with me for five minutes, we're going to have a break um, so that we can uh, attend to the details for the following application. Thank you. Members, you may take advantage of that as you wish. Thank you. Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, 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 your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Thank you for your patience. We're going to reconvene now uh, with application item 4.5. Application 15 stroke 1665. It's a full application at Wendon Zambo. And Mr Clive Theobald will take us through. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Just a couple of housekeeping notes, first of all. Paragraph 1011 of the report. It should read four times two bed and eight times one bed units equals 16 spaces and not 12 spaces uh, given the car parking standard requirements of two spaces per two bedroom dwelling units. So even though in the report the reference to 16 units is correct, um, when you break it down between the units it should say 16 spaces and not 12 spaces. And secondly, on the recommendation, the Section 1 and 6 agreement terms there should be a change on the wording on the affordable housing um, element where it should uh, go from provision of affordable housing as stated in the report to two affordable housing units. So uh, we are being specific in providing two affordable housing, housing units although, although not specific as to um, how they should be um, uh, tenured. And then an additional provision within the agreement and that should say provision of communal amenity management plan um, in connection with the um, amenity being provided. So this outline application, as members uh, will be aware from the visit this morning, um, is all matters reserved except access and scale and relates to the demolition of all the existing commercial buildings at this courtyard location adjacent to the railway station 
and the erection in their place of 12 residential apartments comprising four, bed units, four times two bed units and eight times one bed units as explained. As the report mentions, the indicative site layout plan submitted with the application shows an arrangement of 12 apartments accommodated around the edge of a central amenity courtyard on two sides, as this was pointed out this morning, and the provision of 19 resident and visitor parking spaces accessed from the existing vehicle access point from Station Road, which will be retained. And as you recall, this will be the access in, and this is the central amenity courtyard here with the parking for the um, apartments here and uh, around the, the edge. Now, a separate pedestrian link will be provided into the site on the north side of Neville House here, an office building within the ownership and control of the applicant, as I explained, which will be retained as a frontage building with 12 retained staff parking spaces, which is here, here, and two in there. No elevational drawings have been submitted with the application at this outline stage, which seeks to establish the principle of change of use of the site, along with access and scale, although it is stated that the apartments would be um, two-storey level. The unit bedroom numbers and gross internal floor space for the development is set out in the report. The applicant's justification for the redevelopment of the site for residential purposes is provided within the report as detailed, including reference to extensive marketing for continued B1 commercial use, where this has not produced any new occupiers of the building. Um, now, obviously, I'm grateful for um, being pointed out at the, the site meeting by one or two members regarding the issue about this um, rear nib of the existing building. Um, I've since been in contact with the um, architect over lunch and the anomaly has arisen um, in as much as whilst this is the location plan you can see here this is where the existing um, uh, rear projection is this is in fact the proposed block plan for the, the redevelopment of the site and it was intended is intended for this uh, rear projection here to be removed as part of the redevelopment scheme. Now, whilst um, I should have picked this up uh, during the um, process of the application, uh, it, uh, the agent has um, apologised for not making that particularly clear in their submission, which means to say that, uh, and as we were trying to ascertain on site, the the, the, um, the space here would be opened up to allow for this pedestrian link in here and for this parking provision in here. Um, now, something's happened with the computer. Yeah, here we go. And what's happening here? Okay. Yeah. This, this block here would be the section of Neville House to go and the architect has explained that whilst the frontage of Neville House would be retained and this return onto the uh, access here, um, this is a, a later extension to the, the house, albeit it doesn't particularly look like it, um, but this is flat roofed here and it will be here at this point where this part will be demolished 
to make way for this um, access in. Now, I've assessed this and it is not listed, as I pointed out at the, the site visit. It's an attractive frontage building which um, uh, enhances the street scene. It will still be retained for all intents and purposes as you view it from Station Road and along here. So in terms of the site context, um, officers would not have any objections for this block to be removed. And if I can just go to... Yeah. Um, this is a, a flat-roofed addition you can see here with the differing um, modern brickwork. This would be removed, as would this section here. And that is where the corner is opened up, as I explained to you, if we go back to the location plan. So hopefully that sorts out the anomaly on site. So I do appreciate that being brought to my attention. Um, so to the conclusion, um, the revised proposal has been reduced in terms of its overall housing density from the previous refused scheme um, and the number of stories indicated for the apartments would be reduced. Um, and as the report concludes, it is considered by officers that the redevelopment of this commercial site for residential purposes is considered acceptable in principle, as this is an outline scheme only, that access arrangements for the proposed development are also considered acceptable, and that the indicated scale of the development by the reduction of the number of apartments down to 12 would represent a considerable scale improvement for this site. So thank you very much, Chairman. Thank you, Mr. Thurvold. Now I have a speaker listed from the Parish Council, <coughs> Councillor Isabel Grant. Ah, you are there. Thank you. I didn't recognise you. Thank you. Um, something just struck me that uh, you may have structured your uh, address to us for three minutes, but there's an added element into this matter now, which is partial demolition of some of Neville House. So if you need a few more moments to include that, that's fine by me. Thank you. Good afternoon, Chairman and Members. Um, I'm Chairman of Windsor Zambra Parish Council, and we do have concerns about the overdevelopment taking place in our village. Uh, we've had permitted developments um, proved, and we've had uh, previous um, applications which will return in the not-too-distant future, which in total adds 30 dwellings to the 176 that we already have. This current application will add a further 12 dwellings, thus a possible 42 dwellings could be added to the village scene. This represents a 25% increase of dwellings in a short period of time in what is a small village. It's difficult to find a larger increase within Uttlesford. The current infrastructure, whilst providing some means of public transport, which is not always reliable, is available, but there is no provision of important services such as doctor surgeries, dentists, schools or shops. Travel is therefore necessary out with the village. It is common knowledge that schools in the Saffron Walden area are already oversubscribed at primary and secondary levels. It is disappointing that our village is being changed in a rapid manner without thought for the village as it currently exists. Progress is important, but it is the scale of development that is concerning us as a parish council. I would remind the committee of their obligation to the current residents of Wend and Zambo who seem to be forgotten in all of this. If the members are so minded to grant this application, then the parish council would respectively ask 
that the applicant adheres to the conditions as stated in the recommendation for conditional approval subject to a Section 106 legal agreement. It is vital for our community that affordable housing be included in the development and the shared ownership possibly or tenancy of two dwellings would be a very positive outcome for us. And because of the difficult situation in the local schools, it is essential that a Section 106 agreement is in place for education. Thank you for your attention. Thank you, Councillor. Right, members, any questions of the officers? Councillor Freeman? I'm not sure whether this is a question of the officer, but... Um, uh, I'm concerned if you go to page 77 of the report, section 8.7, in the Environmental Health Officer, who makes various, uh, a number of significant comments. Uh, the report which was prepared for this is rather short on detail um, uh, and has reservations about the exclusion of monitoring data at certain times of the day. Um, now, the thing that concerns me about this site, I have no problems with it being used for dwellings. I think we need dwellings, uh, and that site obviously isn't being extensively used. Um, but it is next door to a railway line, that's not a problem. Uh, but the railway company do run freight trains at night. They also run ghost trains, which are trains which are empty, don't have anybody on them. But they have to do that in order to maintain the franchise. So if you look at the timetable, you see there's ghost trains that run at about 4 o'clock in the morning. Sound insulation is very important. On the other side of the site, you've got a lot of traffic going to and from the car park at Audley End. So um, I think this matter has not been adequately addressed. I know there's a small section later on in the report um, that refers to discussions. Um, notwithstanding this, this is in section uh, 10.19, the final sentence. Notwithstanding this, the applicant has submitted further details. Well, I don't know what those details are. And as an environmental um, management specialist by training, uh, it distresses me that this hasn't been more closely looked at. When you've got a new build, you're going to flatten the building, you're going to rebuild it. You can put in very good systems to make sure that environmental noise uh, does not penetrate the buildings. I've lived in such buildings myself. They're very satisfactory. They work. <laughs> Uh, but there's no indication here. I know it's an outline consent. I think it should be conditioned that appropriate measures be taken to address the issue of noise pollution on this site. Thank you, Councillor. Uh, Councillor Mills. Uh, thank you, Mr Chairman. Um, obviously, the point of the demolition of part of Neville House, to me, is a big issue. Um, we, it was commented on this morning that we were protecting the building. We then come in in the afternoon and find we're knocking part of it down. I just don't think the scheme has been well thought through in as much as I'm sure it could have been designed around this issue. To take a lump off of a building that you know, has got some merit to the environment, I just think is the wrong thing to do. And I think this is a poorly thought through scheme. Um, if plot 11 was turned through 90 degrees, do we need those parking spaces on the front or could we do with one? In other words, I think this could have been reconfigured to give the garden space required and just the whole amenity space just doesn't seem to hang together. Um, I'm in favour of the development, but I'm not in favour of this layout by any means. Um, and I just think it should be rethought. The other issue I have is why call them apartments when they're houses? I mean, it just annoys me, but uh, there we go. Thank you very much. Any further comments, councillors? 
Um, yeah, Councillor Rolls first. I'm not sure about what we do. I agree completely with uh, Councillor Mills. Um, is this a situation, can this be withdrawn uh, rather than make a decision? I'm not sure about the protocol. Well, um, we, we, we make the decision on what we've got in front of us. The applicant would make the decision whether to withdraw it. He had that option this afternoon. So no, he has. Okay. All right. Stay with where we are. Uh, Councillor Chambers. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, first of all, I should declare I'm the local member for um, uh, Wen and Zambo. Um, I do understand what they're saying, and, and I do realise that uh, you know it is always very difficult in a small village to make sure that it doesn't become overdeveloped. My one concern uh, on here would be partly what Councillor Mills has been saying. I'm, I must admit I, I'm not happy about Neville House being changed. I'm sure if the application were to be turned down, and I'm sure we could give reasons because we can turn it down on access on both sides, that it would then be up to the applicant to come back with another application that would make sure that some of the concerns that we have put forward would be alleviated. And I, I think that's possible. Perhaps I'm wrong. Thank you, Councillor Chambers. Um, my thoughts. Uh, I agree with Councillor Mills that um, the now intended demolition of part of Neville House is a complete a game changer. Um, I think that uh, I read the um, design and access statement and that made no mention of it. I read the viability report as best I could understand it. I'm not sure that it included any um, reference to parts of Neville House being unmarketable and being vacant. Um, uh, and I'm unhappy that we would um, destroy part of what is uh, a fine-looking building which is providing a service. There are offices, office use within there um, for the sake of a scheme which doesn't really hang together. Um, it, if we look at the scheme in front of us, um, we have got properties with no amenity space whatsoever. They are relying on the community amenity space. We do sometimes say that if a garden is undersized that we would um, recompense that in our mind by saying, well, there is uh, a play area here, there's a park here, um, et cetera, et cetera. So people don't necessarily lose the benefit of having the garden space. But to provide them with nothing to start with, I think, is a non-starter to my mind. And as such, the scheme, as we see it, is to my opinion, ill thought out, it could be better laid out. And I know this is an outline application and this is indicative, but it tells a story that you're fighting for 12 units, you're fighting for 19 spaces of cars, and you're actually having to provide a community space, which for those that haven't got any, they've got to rely on it not being used by other people within the community. So I, I think there's so much wrong with this that I think um, it, it needs to go out. And I'm prepared from the chair to propose that we refuse this application um, on Gen 1, which is design. Gen, Gen, two. Gen 2, sorry, which is design. Do beg your pardon. Um, and I think that's probably good enough from my point of view. Does that find a seconder? You're seconded by Councillor Chambers. Thank you. Any comments from anybody else? Okay. So we have a recommendation a proposal rather for refusal uh, on grounds of design. Um, all those in favour please show.
and that matter is refused. Thank you. Our next application is item 4.6, item uh, application 15 stroke 1664. It's an application for full consent at Newport and Emmanuel Alana will take us through. Thank you. Good afternoon, Chair. Good afternoon, Councillors. The application before you is a full planning application, which is located off White Ditch Lane. The site itself is currently being used as an existing stable area and riding arenas. In land use terms, the application itself lies within a designated open countryside. However, it is also within an area in close proximity to existing settlements, schools, playing fields, and other structures. As you can see, this, this is the existing uh, 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 structures, the stables that will be demolished in order to gain access into the site, which I've shown you during the site inspection today. This is the proposed layout. Uh, before I proceed, uh, one or two corrections on this report that I would like to bring to your attention. Paragraph 5.5, which I supposed to say 15, not 215. And paragraph 10.12, which is supposed to state that plot one is one and a half story, plot two is two story, respectively. Having said that, Councillor, the application before you is acceptable in both in principle and in, in policy terms because in design terms, as I said during the site inspection, I know you must have been looking at the scale and mass of this uh, proposal. It is compatible with the existing built environment because the site itself, as I demonstrated this morning, is in a sloping end. Therefore, the skyscape of the existing environment will not be broken by this proposed uh, scale and form and layout of development. Overall, the application is not going to have any adverse impact on the environment and officers have taken it upon themselves to prepare a scoping opinion, which is on the public website. Although this scale of development doesn't need EIA, but for the benefit of what is happening within White Ditch Lane, we decided to do so. In conclusion, the application before you is for recommendation, subject to certain, uh, the following planning condition, including landscape strategy, and in addition with um, a condition which probably is not appearing before you to protect any existing wildlife uh, uh, within that area. That condition will come as uh, condition six and also condition seven, which is not before you, given that the existing land use is for stables. Officers felt that there could be a contamination, so therefore there will be a condition if 
this application is approved. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Lana. Uh, we have some speakers on this application, and I have two district councillors noted who are not in the room. Councillors Hargreaves and Parry. No. So we'll move on then to an objector, Peter Ascott. Thank you. And you have three minutes, Mr. Ascott. Thank you. Good afternoon, Mr. Chairman and members. Um, where I live in Newport is at the, um, I'll best describe the confluence of School Lane, Berrywater Lane, and White Ditch Lane, and the Wickham Water. Now, my concern is, albeit those houses are very grand and look very smart, as you will have seen this morning when you went to the site, it is a four metre wide road. It's totally unfit for purpose for all this development that's taking place there. And it's a view that's taken by the Parish Council, who I'm not here to represent this afternoon, that the infrastructure needs a total revision to accommodate the proposals. School Lane, the Essex County Council can't maintain it, the, the gullies are filled with shingle, the hedge is overgrown, Berrywater Lane, if you'd have walked there this morning, you would have seen they're incapable of looking after that. On this, in this particular lane, there is no foul water system, there is no street lighting, there is no proposed footpath. It is a byway, a four metre wide byway. It doesn't encourage walking, it doesn't encourage people to cycle, and overall, it really needs the people, the developers in this area, to get their heads together and really sort something out. I've tried myself, we've had an MP there, I've tried to persuade members, if they go in individually just to acquaint themselves with the surroundings, they would see the difficulties we're putting up with. We have tractors, we have school buses, we have... Um, heavy goods vehicles going now going to the woodworking shop down the bottom. We have the farmer now taking big eight-wheeler trucks with grain on board. And in, in White Ditch Lane itself, well, it was demonstrated this morning, I got called away from your presenta the presentation because my car was blocking the road. Well, quite honestly, there was nowhere else I could put it. And I think it, it must be very evident to the people who attended the meeting this morning it's just go a question too far, a proposal too far. We've already had, already had a judicial review and the Wyndhamscroft properties, that's been squashed. No doubt they'll apply again. Um, I really got, have no more to say. I just think the whole area was picked as the wrong spot to develop in the first place. The planning officers chose the Brong policy area in picking on Berrywater Lane, School Lane, whatever. And I, ha I don't know if I've just um, told you it is a byway, both Berrywater Lane and School uh, Berrywater Lane and White Ditch Lane are byways, albeit they have a, uh, a metal surface at the present time. That is nothing to say that see, it won't change in the future. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Mr. Ascot. Uh, our next speaker is from the Parish Council, and it's Councillor Denya. 
I do to have three minutes, Councillor. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much, Mr Chairman. Um, in the very disappointed absence of our two district councillors, I would just like to bring to members the Parish Council comments, which are beginning on page 90, and I will read those out as our Parish Council contribution. The proposed dwellings should uh, they be allowed will be outside of the development limits and would be 1.5 and 2.5 storeys high behind a bungalow. No new houses should be built on this road infrastructure until it is improved. Newport Parish Council on any new applications which involve School Lane, Berrywater Lane and White Ditch Lane have always been that no who new houses should be built until this, these roads are significantly improved, especially White Ditch Lane. Additional houses will increase demands on this lane and lead to congestion, as I believe I've been told this, this morning there was uh, quite a bit of congestion on that road for your coach. There is no footpath nor pavement in the lane, which is extremely dangerous for pedestrians. I did go to visit a friend up there this morning. One pregnant lady had to get up on the bank to allow me to get past, which I didn't think was very good. The distance to the primary school and other village amenities is considerably un considered unreasonable and each development is being considered separately rather than looking at the total number of upper limit that's going to be placed on the number of houses that can be built on White Lynch Lane or Berry Water Lane. A proper foul water sewage system needs to be installed before any further development takes place. But then, of course, the, the situation of the sewage system in Newport is already overloaded anyway. There is a significant flood uh, bias because the junction down at Berrywater Lane and School Lane does become totally impassable. It says, according to... Uh, the Environment Agency, that it only floods once in a, in a hundred years. Well, I must be about 500 years old yet uh, then since I've lived there because it's always flooding. So, and emergency vehicles would have a problem accessing the lane, um, as you would have seen this morning. If somebody had needed an ambulance at the far end of the lane, there would have been a bit of a problem. And uh, also our passing comment, really, on most applications is like this. That the UDC's plan for 50 windfall houses, well... I must admit, Newport seems to have rather a large share of these. Thank you very much, Mr Chairman and members. Thank you, Councillor. Our final speaker is the agent, uh, Mr Bill Bampton. And uh, under our rules, Mr Bampton, you have six minutes. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Um, Bill Bampton from Pelham Structures, the agent for this site, um, but I also represent two other sites nearby. The site almost immediately opposite that uh, was granted at Appeal 15 Houses recently, and the four and a half acre site on the junction between Burry Water Lane and White Ditch Lane that has outline planning for a care village and detailed planning for five houses accessed off White Ditch Lane. Um, the views of the objector and the parish council, you might be surprised to hear that I have a great deal of sympathy with them. Um, we've done a huge amount of work on highways in Newport. We've had um, our, two of our own highway consultants do accumulative reports. We also paid for the school um, to have their own report done to analyse the accumulative effect of the traffic. 
And there's no doubt that the overall accumulative effect of the traffic will cause congestion by um, Newport Grammar School at peak times, although I believe Highway's view is that most schools cause congestion at peak times. Um, but the sites within our control, we have done as much as we possibly can to alleviate that. We've persisted, despite a difficult market, with trying to, to push through the retirement village rather than housing, because I think it's generally recognised that retirement villages create practically no peak time traffic, and the problem in Newport is peak time traffic. Um, the five houses approved up White Ditch Lane, um, we've provided two quite substantial passing bays there, which um, will alleviate um, the traffic flows. Um, the entrance to the proposed two-house scheme, the entrance to the two houses granted under delegated powers further up the road recently, and the entrance to our own 15-house scheme are all 5.5 metre wide roadways with substantial bell mouths, all of which will help facilitate turning of larger vehicles and further passing places, which you know, we think will have a major improvement on traffic flows up that road. Um, I'd also point out that the roadway, um, it is a dead end, so there is no through traffic, and the general traffic flows are south in the morning and north at night, or the peak flows are, so there's not that much scope for conflict. Um, there was also mentioned a foot, um, no footpath. If you'd like to look at the drawing that on the screen in the top right-hand corner, you'll clearly show path um, written on there. And there will be access provided from the rear of the site directly onto the public footpath that then goes down past the school and joins onto Burry Water Lane. So there is a safe and very accessible pedestrian link. Um, with Newport as a whole, um, or the district as a whole, obviously you, you've got a very rural district, you have a huge problem working out where you can um, put houses that are acceptable and sustainable. But I would like to point out that you actually only have two settlements in Uttlesford, that's Stansted and Newport, that have all the following facilities. That's a junior school, a senior school, a railway station, a medical practice, retail and a reasonable um, road and bus network. So in sustainability terms, it's highly sustainable. Um, regarding the specific designs, the houses, they are large, but if you look at the footprint of the house immediately to the left, nowhere near as large as that. And Burry Water Lane generally is typified by large individual dwellings. So we believe they're in keeping with the general um, scale and character of the area. Um, they're also, with the um, proposed garaging between plot two and the existing bungalow, and the large amount of um, screening already there and proposed, um, despite the houses being large, we're confident that when they're constructed, they'll be practically invisible. Um, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Bampton. Uh, just a moment, please. Right, um, we now have 
the two district councillors present who wanted to speak. Um, I'll leave it to you as to which goes first, ladies or gents, entirely up to you. Mr Bampton, you will have an opportunity to come back if they raise any fresh issues. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for allowing us to speak. I'm very impressed with the speed at which you got through uh, your meeting. Um, if permitted, uh, these two houses would be the 27th and 28th recently given permission along Whiteditch Lane. Uh, there are another 29 applied for, so including those already built, we would have 75 houses, plus the school intends to build an estate at the far end, so that could be around 100 houses in total. You should also be aware that the 84-house Sorders development, with vehicle access via Berrywater Lane, will have foot and cycle access onto Whiteditch Lane opposite this uh, proposed development. That was no doubt a good idea two years ago. Uh, Whiteditch Lane is a single carriage byway, which means it is a shared space between all users, people, cyclists, horses, you saw the horses today, and vehicles. Uh, none of the current permissions include any significant upgrade to it, uh, and Essex Highways have stated that they have no plan to improve it. Uh, you've seen for yourselves that the lane is not suitable for lots of traffic, and this was agreed by the previous chair of this committee. Um, Councillor Cheetham um, then told us it was down to Essex, and there was nothing the committee could do about it, and we should go talk to Essex. So I did just that. And the Essex officer also said that it is only suitable for very light traffic, and has made that clear on other applications. But she still concluded with a recommend, and the excuse was that Essex are merely a consultee, and decisions are down to UDC. So we have UDC says it's Essex, and Essex says it's UDC. Um, anyway, can I draw your attention to UDC policy Gen 1, which says that traffic generated by a development must be capable of being accommodated on the surrounding transport network. It must also not compromise road safety and must take account of the needs of cyclists, pedestrians, horse riders and people whose mobility is impaired. And the development should encourage movement by means other than driving a car. Now I think this application breaches all three of these requirements of Gen 1. Looking at safety, there are no footways, no cycleways, no streetlights. Uh, a pedestrian caught in the dark by vehicles trying to get past each other has nowhere to escape. The verges are banks and ditches. And in fact, I saw today a pregnant woman with a dog had to climb up on a bank to let a car go by. Uh, still on safety, the lane is a dead end. The access junction to it floods uh, last year to over a metre. What happens if the road is blocked by flood, by an accident, a broken vehicle? It's a single carriageway, you can't drive around an obstruction and you can't go off-road. There is no other access for an ambulance or fire engine or police. 
to 45 houses with this application and with all of them 75 houses and possibly even 100 houses. Uh, finally, for this application, highways have made no comment. So this is a good opportunity for this committee to decide for itself that a line has to be drawn. Uh, this application is right in the middle of White Ditch. So other ones permitted nearer the entrance m may have less impact. And it is immediately opposite uh, a 15-house site. So this development would therefore create a crossroad junction on a single track line and be near a pedestrian entrance to 84 houses. So there are specific highway and safety reasons to draw the line at this particular application. So thank you again for letting me speak, having come in late. Thank you, Councillor Hargreaves. And Councillor Parry, you're to, you've got five minutes. Sorry, I didn't... Uh, inform Mr. Councillor Hargreaves. Thank you for letting us speak. We had no idea you were going to be so quick. Um, developments such as this, it's stated under Planning Policy S7, will only be permitted if its development protects or enhances the particular character of the part of the countryside within which it is set, or if there are special reasons why the development in the form proposed needs to be there. It's quite clear that this development does nothing to protect or enhance this part of White Ditch Lane, and there are no special reasons why these houses need to be there. Once again, an application for White Ditch Lane states it's within easy access of village facilities, including the station and the primary school. In fact, because there are no footpaths along White Ditch Lane and, and School Lane, it is incumbent on the Education Authority to provide transport for children to get to school. This makes the development unsustainable since the aim is to discourage the use of, of motorised transport. It also seems absurd that children need transporting by minibus or by council um, paid for transport to the school within their own village. It may seem to the committee that another two houses will make very little difference. But as has been explained by Councillor Hargreaves, this rural corner of Newport is becoming very built up with all access relying on a road that is a byway. Straws and camel's backs spring to mind. You've already given permission for well over 100 houses to be built in this area, and so there is absolutely no need for another two. Policy S7 gives you legitimate planning grounds to refuse this application, and I urge you to do so. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Hargreaves. Uh, Mr. Bampton, do you wish to come back on any of those points? Thank you. Um, just briefly deal first with the S7. Um, I'm sure the Planning Committee and the Committee are aware that it's recognised that S7 is only partially compatible with the MPPF, and I believe the MPPF normally takes precedent. So I don't believe that S7 would be grounds for refusal. Um, regarding traffic, something I didn't point out earlier. Um, as you would have seen on your site visit this morning, the site is actually used for um, equestrian purposes. Linked to that equestrian purposes, there are a reasonable number of traffic movements already, um, including the horse box 
and I'm sure you'd um, agree that a lorry going up and down that road would have significantly more impact than the occasional cars. So I believe that this particular two-house scheme in traffic terms is practically neutral. Um, just for clarification, the byway um, is a route open to all traffic and this particular one is maintained at highway expense. Um, flooding was mentioned um, and you know, it's, it's, um, um, it is factual that uh, the bottom of School Lane has flooded on various occasions but um, I believe that it's never flooded to the extent that would stop emergency vehicles gaining access so I don't think that's relevant on safety grounds. Um, that's all, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Banton. Right, uh, Mr. Brown, I think you'd like to uh, illuminate us on a couple of those points raised. Thank you. I'm just going to clarify a few things. I think members heard quite a lot there, um, from, especially from the local members. And I must say, I, I agree with Councillor Highgreaves and Councillor Parry, um, but I don't think this is the right site to actually start making it, and I'll tell you why in a moment. Mr. Bampton's just mentioned the fact that this has equestrian permission on this particular site, and so the comparative traffic flows from this site compared with two dwellings is, I would agree, at best, or at worst, probably neutral. So it's probably not the right one to have a word about White Ditch Lane. But picking up Councillor Hargreaves' point, there has been, I, I, I take your word for it, whether it's 27th, or 27th and 28th dwelling, but there is a lot more to come. And I think that's not for members today. I can guarantee that there will be, I think, my arithmetic's right, probably 35 more dwellings coming in for your consideration in total on three applications coming up maybe in the next couple of committees, probably en masse. And I totally agree with Councillor Hargreaves that it's absolutely imperative that the Highway Authority consider those as a bunch, as opposed to that's only 15 dwellings, that's only 8 dwellings, that's only 15 dwellings. And unfortunately, they haven't been able to do that up to now because we've been dealing with individual dwellings as we're going through. This one's slightly different, and members would have saw the site and saw how it sits today. But I, I am currently working with the Highway Authority trying to get a joined-up response from them. Um, I am walking the site with the Parish Council, and I'm walking the site with a local resident as well, just to get those matters joined up. Um, that is a big issue, and it's probably the biggest issue on my, on my entry at the moment, but I wouldn't say it's to do with these two today. I think these two are slightly different, and members need to consider this particular one on its own merits, but you're not going to be hearing that again on other sites. So um, hopefully that's clarified that particular matter. Thank you. Right, members, any questions of officers, comments? Councillor Mills? Um, a couple of things. Is it, is it correct that we can refer to the one that was recently passed at appeal for the 15 houses? Presumably traffic flow was raised as the objection on that occasion. Is that correct? Yes, it was raised. I mean, the reason why that was refused was because it was piecemeal development, comprehensive, not comprehensive with the Assorted's development to the south of it. Um, and, but the inspector made the conclusion that there wasn't a highway safety issue as a result of those 15. That's currently where they sit. But I'm not sitting behind that. That's in terms of future considerations. That's considering with 15. Um, that's the material consideration. Okay. And, uh, I mean, uh, as regards this development, I understand the sort of zero sort of position with the parking or with the traffic movements. But um, as the property is owned by the same owner, wouldn't it be impossible to put a lay-by on the front of the bungalow at the front to actually help in this instance whereby we'd have a scheme that gave a passing place that isn't there at the moment. 
I mean, if it's the same owner, then it would just seem a logical conclusion to the fact that we could support the application a lot better if it improved the actual flow through the lane at the moment. Um, there's no intermediate parking places or passing places. Why well, don't provide one, and then we'd be much more liable to support the application. Sorry, can I come back on that? It's not, yes, probably, support, it's not probably something that we could have insisted upon, because choose my terms, the application washes its own face in terms of it has sufficient turning on and parking facilities. Um, it would contribute by having a lay-by. I'm not sure whether a lay-by could be provided, but that is not something that we probably could have insisted upon. But I don't know if that's possible. You're okay on that. Yep. Any further comments? Uh, Councillor Hicks. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I'd just like to say that um, Mr. Brown has just said um, with regard to the, um, uh, the way in which additional housing can persuade uh, the uh, Highways Authority to actually uh, effect road improvements is something which is overlooked by many uh, residents in rural locations who object to developments of this kind but at the same time say we want if this road were improved it would all be different what they don't seem to realise is that if you get enough housing going into those areas the roads get improved the highways authority do bow to pressure and do something about it and I, I feel that this um, is being overlooked and perhaps uh, is something we should um, take into account I think uh, Councillor Lodge, you were next. Thank you. Yes, this, this sort of typif typifies a number of situations we see where there's um, incremental development which, uh, which contributes to a larger whole. And I, and I know that on an individual planning application, we have to consider each one on its merits, and thereby lies a, uh, a great problem. However, um, the traffic conditions and the state of the lane at the moment are, are a, a big no for me. I, I, I really feel that something has to do, be done uh, for the lane before we can look at further development. I know that other issues are going to be coming up, uh, but I, I would certainly want to uh, turn down this application. It may be that the applicant then comes back at a, a later date when those traffic uh, considerations have been considered in the whole, and so I would urge other people to turn this down until um, Essex can be persuaded to uh, make a comprehensive difference to this lane. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor. Sorry, uh, Freeman. There we are. Turn it around. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Um, Huddlesford, I think, is very good at building houses in the wrong place. They build houses on the wrong side of towns where there's no easy access to them. Uh, they ignore the ability to build houses next door to motorways where people can get to work and railway stations. And I think this is an example. Uh, there's nothing at all wrong with these dwellings, apart from the fact that they are rather huge, but that's not a reason in itself. I accept the argument that in terms of traffic on that lane, they're probably fairly equally balanced. Um, it's probably actually better to have two houses there than to have horses because occasionally you might want to ride your horses up and down the lane and then you've got a serious problem when you encounter traffic. But, as a saying, Chairman, as I'm sure you've heard many times, if you want to boil a frog, you increase the temperature of the water very gently 
and apparently that way you can boil a frog if you put a frog into hot water it jumps out um, and that's what's happening here basically uh, there are piecemeal developments going on a road which is patently unsuitable for any development and it's done a little bit here 15 here, 8 there, another whatever uh, and then we're informed there's two more major applications coming along and at some point you have to say no so I'm actually inclined to say uh, this, this particular application despite the fact that it ticks many boxes and there's nothing wrong with the application except you can't get to it the access is awful and that's a very good reason for turning it down Jim Yes, thank you. Uh, Councillor, uh, Mr Brown, sorry, you want to come back on something? Picking up on Councillor Mills's point about provision of a lay-by, I think you're getting one anyway, to be honest, because the, if Emmanuel appoint to the, the bell mouth of the particular development, is it eight metres to that point? The actual width of the access along the bell mouth at the front is actually eight metres wide. Um, that, and so, therefore, you're actually providing a lay-by Bearing in mind, this is serving a, a two, well, serving two bedroom, two dwellings, and so therefore, there is an area there for a car to actually pull in at that particular point. Um, it wouldn't cause necessary. It's not a formal lay-by, but in terms of you're actually providing that in that particular bell mouth anyway. So, and so what you're basically saying is the status quo that's there now will still exist. It's not going to change, is it? There's already an access already there, an access so it's there. basically you're yeah. saying it's already a passing It's already base. an access there. It's already a passing base. Yeah, what I'm saying is that we actually had the opportunity to probably improve the situation to actually create a space where you know, a couple of cars can pass easier, if you like. That was my point. Um, I hear what you're saying. I mean, and the only other thing is that you'll end up with a set of gates right on the entrance. So it's, you know, it's, again, is that something that's restricted? You have the right to put a, a no gates condition on there. Um, there isn't one. I don't think there's actually one. So no, there's not. You could actually recommend a no gates condition, which means any gate needs to be six metres back. You would normally do that when you when you've actually got an application for a gate, um, or if you because you're right, you could end up with a gate there. So a no gates condition would require. First of all, that doesn't cause problems when someone's actually going onto the site, but it would leave that area open as well. So no gates condition. Okay, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's better than nothing. I'll take yeah. your point. Yeah, okay, thank you. Thank you. We've, we've heard... Um, sorry, yeah, Councillor Chambers. Sorry, Mr Chairman, if you wish to say something, by all means do so before I speak. Well, I'm giving you the option to speak first, as is my privilege. That's most kind. Uh, can, I, can I just say that, that uh, first of all, a, a very relevant remark was made. We have to look at each application on its merits. I think Councillor Freeman has answered his own question in, in one way, where he says about the, uh, uh, obviously the narrowness of the lane and that the uh, traffic going down there. Uh, I've lived in the country all my life, and if I lived next to a house where you had got horses going down there with horse boxes, I would rather have two houses on there with what traffic that actually takes, which might be two cars, it might be four cars, who knows. But uh, to me, on this particular application, and I understand that the, uh, the difficulties uh, uh, that are coming or are likely to come in Newport in the future, that on this particular application, 
then I would think it would be, to me, it's much more suitable than what's already there. So I would therefore like to propose approval. Thank you, Councillor Chambers. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Hicks, do you wish to say anything further at this point? No, I'm fine. Um, From my point of view, uh, something that I think Councillor Hargreaves mentioned, he said he'd spoken to to UDC and they say Essex uh, deal with the highways. Uh, He went to Essex and got a response that seemed to suggest that we were. But I think the response from Essex would have been that they are a consultee. We are the local planning authority and we make the decisions. Essex will advise on anything they seem appropriate and in this condition and in this um, situation they've recommended only one condition. So they are happy with it and we know in the background there is this move to have improvements on the byway and that will um, manifest itself in terms when we're looking at these further applications. From my point of view this application with two houses it's negative impact in terms of the overall use of the lane. Um, I don't want to upset anybody, but I'm a little bit concerned that people um, say they've uh, a pregnant woman with a dog had to jump up on a bank to get past my car, so my car could go past. I'm sorry, you've got your life the wrong way around. You should have backed off somewhere to to pull into a a gateway to let that woman walk um, unhindered. Um, Anyway, I'm going to leave that hanging there. Um, I... We have a, a, a proposal for approval subject to conditions and we are going to add in a condition, uh, Councillor Chambers, that these, there are no gates on this development. Um, so are you in favour of that? Yes, Councillor Hicks, would you find that acceptable? Can right, I just, okay. sorry, can yes. I just that? What that condition actually says, no gates erected. Are we saying no consent or are we saying no gates any nearer than six metres from the highway because there's two conditions. If you have a condition, we're actually saying no gates. That's a highways condition anyway. Okay. Thank you. So we'll go to the vote. All those in favour of approval, please show. And those against? Thank you. That matter is approved. And we're going to have a quick comfort break now, please, if we may, for five minutes. Thank you. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Four point seven on the agenda is application fifteen stroke one double eight four. It's a full application in Langley, and Mrs. Shoe Smith will take us through. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. 
Um, just before we start, uh, members should be aware that whilst the application has been called in, um, the applicant is also related to a member of staff, so it, it would have come before the committee in any instance. Um, also, a number of correspondence should have been circulated to members um, in advance of the um, meeting, of which, um, in response to that, um, attention is drawn to the supplementary representation uh, which has been circulated. The application is located on Longview within um, Langley. Um, the application site is um, outlined in red here with um, the meadow to the north which is under the applicant's ownership as well in blue. The application site um, is located within, um, outside the development limits within open countryside. It also sits on a hill, uh, but however is considerably lower than the adjacent property, which is located over 40 metres away to the south. These are the existing plans of the property, just to give you an idea of what's on site at the moment. Um, five bedroom house. Um, the application is for the um, redevelopment um, of the site, so demolition of the existing dwelling and garage, which um, this is a block plan of the proposed. Dotted here is the outline of the existing dwelling as it sits on site and the outline of the existing garage, which is also proposed to be demolished. So the proposed dwelling, as you can see, would be slightly, would sit on the same footprint as the existing, however slightly larger, um, as you can see, the offshoots that are being proposed. The garage, however, would be located um, slightly further south um, here. Um, and slightly larger, it would incorporate a games and gym room. Um, as part of the application, it's also proposed to, um, to subsume a part of the actual paddock into the um, garden area as part of the application site. So if I go back to the outline, this currently um, is the meadowland and this will also be now is proposed to form part of the garden area as part of the application site, but would continue to remain as used as for paddock purposes. The um, application, the redevelopment of the uh, dwelling, um, this is a proposed design. Um, this is the view that will be seen um, looking towards the paddock area, towards the northeast of the site. This is the rear elevation of the dwelling. Um, as you can see, you can see across um, of the side elevation of the proposed um, garage outbuilding along the southern boundary. This is the view towards the southern boundary um, facing the proposed outbuildings and this will be the front elevation, what you would see driving into the site. So. Um, this is, as I say, the garage outbuilding with accommodation above. Um, the outline here, as you can probably just about see a dotted line, is the outline of the existing building 
um, so you can see um, what area that currently covers and the height of the proposed dwelling will be now lower uh, than what sits on site at the moment so this will be I suppose the additional extra volume that you would see from the front elevation these are the floor plans of the building um, again it will remain as a five bedroom dwelling house although slightly larger the outbuilding would have um, accommodation above the garage as a studio or guest accommodation um, and this is the ground floor um, the games gym area to the rear um, with the triple garage to the front these are the cross sections um, of the proposal um, and how it would sit on site. Um, it shows the dropping ground levels and how the property would sit at a much lower um, ground level as well and um, the outline of the, um, of the outbuilding and also in comparison to what's on site at the moment as well in terms of the dotted area. Another point of clarification, um, in section 9.1 it states that there were two objections. In fact, there is actually one objection, um, the, which and additional comments as I stated have been circulated to yourselves. The second um, objection which is actually referred to in the report is actually a, um, a note from the applicant clarifying clarifying the description of the, um, of the proposal in terms of the land take um, area here and the fact that it would remain as a paddock area. Other representations are highlighted on pages 100 to 101. Um, no objection has been raised in principle um, or in terms of the design of the scheme. There will be no impact upon amenity. Parking is also considered acceptable and as um, highlighted within the supplementary representations there is no objection from the ecologist. Therefore approval is recommended subject to the conditions listed on a page 103 to 104 and with the added ecological recommendations to be added as informatives. Thank you Chairman. Thank you, Mrs. Shoesmith. Now we have two speakers, and the first of those is local district council member, Councillor Oliver. And you have five minutes, Councillor. Thank you, Chairman. If one looks at item A101, it refers to the fact this existing dwelling is located outside the development limits and is therefore countryside for the purposes of the local plan and therefore new dwellings are not generally permitted. This is however is being proposed to be accepted because it is of a similar scale and character with neighbouring properties. I don't honestly think that is terribly correct. Most of the cottages here, this is a five storey large building and it has, and down the hill there are also some cottages but they are cottages, this is a substantial house and it is not of the scale of others in the area therefore it is against policy Gen 2 and to say it is slightly larger, well that's what you want to take that view 
The other point I'd like to make is referring to the garage. That garage you can see in the dotted line there is a very small garage at the moment and that is going to be replaced by a triple garage, it's a double garage at the moment, by a triple garage with bedroom above and bathroom and attached gym. I'm sorry, that is not a garage. That is another house. And that is what we are being asked to look at. And I'd remind the committee that in September 1991, the UDC refused a similar application for additional building on the site. Refused by the UDC, went to appeal, and the inspector upheld the decision of the UDC on the basis, as there are many other similar sites in the vicinity, I consider that a grant of permission in this case would encourage further similar applications which would be difficult to resist. Thus, I'm reflecting the policy of the established restraint policy and, having, and affecting the characteristic appearance of the countryside. This was turned down, a similar the fact a building there, all right, it was a building but not a garage, but I'm sorry, if you get a triple garage with a bedroom, bathroom and attached gym, we are looking at another bedroom, uh, another house. Now, I would very much like you to consider that and I would like you to ask you to turn it down on the basis that the garage is not a garage and it is, it is a bringing in a house under a cover. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor. And the other speaker is uh, Mr. Joe Walsh. And you basically got three minutes, but take okay. a bit longer if you need to. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, yes, I'm Joe Walsh, and I live in the house nearest to the proposed development, and I'm against the development as it stands at the moment. My concern was when I looked at the drawings, etc., they didn't really bring out properly uh, the size and extent of the additional building on the site. But it, it doesn't show properly the size, it doesn't highlight how, how large it is. Because what we had was a single story garage, very close to the existing house, that is now a much larger building with three garages a garden store, a gym, a first floor bedroom and a, store, and a shower room. Very, very different. The additional building has moved further, substantially further from the existing house and will be very, at the front, it will actually be very close to the boundary of, of, of my house. The other thing is the building will be very clearly visible from the road in the gable facing the road there's a window and that creates the impression of a new dwelling and that will create a precedent for other such applications in the area. Um, additionally there are three roof lights in the additional building which will overlook our property. This again gives the impression of an additional building <coughs> or a dwelling when viewed from the road. So one of the things I'm asking, if this is approved, could you, could you please ask that the windows be placed on the other pitch of that additional building? It's very simple, because for some reason there's no windows on the other side, but they're all on my side. 
So again, uh, Councillor Oliver has talked about the previous application for building on that site, which was actually bigger because it's part of the land which is, on, on my, which is now part of my property. And uh, they refused it because Uttersford refused it first and then it went to appeal and that was refused as well <coughs> because they felt it would set the precedent for similar developments which were proposed in the area. So um, what I did was I sent through some hand illustrations to just highlight um, more clearly, uh, I marked up the drawings to show more clearly the effect of, of, of this development or of this additional building. And uh, what I'm asking is, if you feel that you have to approve it, um, I think, it, well, firstly, I would say there's a number of errors in the planning officer's report, and I think it's partly because of the way this package is put together. First thing is, says there will be no overlooking impacts on the adjoining property. I can tell you there is. There's three, three roof lights which are overlooking our, our property. And it says it has moved slightly closer to the boundary. Uh, but uh, the, the fact is it has moved substantially closer to our boundary because it slopes at the front. So it will be very close to our boundary. So what I'm asking is, is if, if you feel that you must support this application with this additional building, could you please um, visit the site beforehand to get a proper appreciation of the scale of what, what's being built? And... Um, what I'm asking is, can you build a smaller garage, a similar, similar building, similar to the garage that's there and closer to the property, which is more appropriate than a two-storey building? And uh, yes, if, if you do have to approve this in its current form, can you please move the roof lights over to the other side because of, of the roof rather than overlook my property? That shouldn't be a problem to anybody. And that's all. Thank you, Mr. Walsh. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, members, before we have any comments, I'm going to propose that we defer this for a site visit to familiarise ourselves with the impact of the size and location and the fenestration of the outbuilding. Uh, does that find a seconder? Thank you, Councillor Chambers. So this matter is deferred until um, we've had the benefit of a site meeting, which the matter will then come back to the next planning committee meeting. Thank you. Sorry, Mouse. I'm sure I've seen some correspondence regarding the, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, Scarlet Malachite or Malachite Beetle and also great, Greater Crested Newts. Don't appear to be in this. Were they supplementary representations? Yeah, that was so supplementary. Presumably they'll, they'll, they'll be part of the next. Uh, yes, same as Neiman. Presumably so. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Well, members, that, um, we have no other uh, business to conduct today, so thank you for your time and attention, and the meeting is now closed. <laughs>